This is the Misunderstood Podcast, a show where people from all walks of life, different cultures, explain and inform the audience on their background. Hello, welcome to the Misunderstood Podcast. My name is DeAnthony, and a little background behind this show is I wanted to create a place where people who were misunderstood could come on the show and elaborate on their misunderstandings in this world how it has made them stronger or more fulfilled as a person and strengthened their livelihood. One of the groups I believe are misunderstood are women in the work industry. Now more than ever, women are thriving, dominating fields that were overly saturated with men. Not only are they doing these jobs well, maybe even better. I have with me someone who worked above and beyond in the corporate industry to make herself seen, as I would say shine, in the $207.84 billion company McDonald's. I have with me an area supervisor who has worked for the company for over 22 years, Fuchsia Hankins. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks. I'm great. Thanks for having me on today. I know you have been working for the company for quite a while, but could you take us back to what the culture was in 2001? Not only how it has changed into today's culture, but what the development process was like to get us into today's progressive area. Um... A lot to answer there. So I believe that it is, like you said, it is a very, coming into the industry, it was surrounded with guy leaders. So now, um, as we fast forward to 2023, um, you see a lot of women leading. So I think that even for being a franchise owner, um, now you see a lot of women that are now franchise owners. So I think that we have paved the way and got them to understand, like, it's a woman's world. <laughs> and you guys cannot um, do this without us. So the process was, um, as it began to change culture, just really learning how to do those things that the men were doing. Um, so for as the filtering jobs and really leading the management, the management team and kind of standing their grounds on holding people accountable so those type of things kind of really pushed forward for the women and we started to lead and it started to change the culture and you start to see more women dominating the field and management which led to other things so now you see women now president of company um, you see them and leading an age head of hr so there's women everywhere now <laughs> <laughs> yes um yeah, it's a really progressive time from what it was, and it's exciting to see people who are minorities who were restricted from certain areas of job fields due to just being different now occupy these spaces. During the First World War, women were recruited into either voluntarily or paid work in order to release men to construct scripted into the armed force. The war effort also created new jobs for women such as mouth uh, manufacturing factories. Indeed, such as factories became the largest employer of women by 1918. Recruitment drivers and campaigns also led to women being employed in rural in roles that had been uninformally male, becoming bus conductors, bank clerks, window cleaners, and gas fitters, and joining the police and fire service. 
in all, the employment rates of women in work increased during the First World War from 23.6% of the working age population in 1914 to between 37.7 and 46.7 in 1918. It may come as a little surprise that during the First World War, women were paid less for their work than men, and there has been a concern that after the war was over, employers would continue to employ women rather than the more expensive men returning from war. These fears were unfounded. Women in work were either sacked or remained employed beside men, but at lower wages. How do you feel about this particular area of 1914 where women were, you know, not paid the wages they deserved? And not only that, but this time was also a time where when men did come back from the war, they were back to work and also back into the homes of, you know, doing domestic work. Um, so I think that one, I, well, let's start with the wages. So even in 2023, there is some still fight in women to get a fair salary based off of the gender. Um, so I know even in, I love the field that I'm in, I've been in there 20 plus years and it is still a fight to kind of, uh, almost like a proven factor to say I'm worth as much as. Uh, if not more, as this gentleman that's sitting next to me. So I think salary is something we still have to push for, for its equal salary. So that's definitely something that is still in the process and it's still in the works. And I know we're like decades later, but it's still something we have to bring to the forefront to say, hey, we're worth um, just as much as you would pay this man um, or male, however you want to say it, uh, in that sense to kind of still bring it to life. And for is the era um, back then and come into the, the workforce, it kind of kind of switches up everything. So I think it, it kind of made a turn as well. So it kind of made a change for the society where it is now as, as you see it now. So it's just kind of role reversal. So I think we see a lot of it now versus back then. So a lot of people are switching roles to where now we have stay-at-home dads, we have the working women, because we do like, sometimes it's, there's women that like to work, and so there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home dad. And so those roles have been reversed, but I think now it's more acceptive of the roles being reversed. How might have the issues of women being in leading positions back then changed to today's women being allowed to be in powerful corporate realms? I can only imagine how much the workplace has changed in the past two decades. The seriousness of women's jobs, titles, and duties are much different. How do you personally believe it has changed from a person who viewed the lifelong transformation in action? I mean, you were there, hands-on, doing the job, changing the job. That was, What was that like? Me personally, I always state that whenever you are a minority, whether a woman or a person of color, queer, your life is a movement. You already are born into a form of activism simply by existing. How might you personally make the shift of women being in the corporate world, whether deliberately or unintentionally? 
So for me, I think it's important for both. So I think it's important for me as a woman, and it's also important for me as an African-American woman. So my first store, my shift was, my very first store was in a, a dominant neighborhood where it was mostly Caucasian. They were used to Caucasians. And with me being young and I'm a woman and plus I'm African-American one on top of that. So it was, I really had to push. So I had the store. I, <laughs> the first couple of months, it was horrible for me. Um, I had HR complaints because I was trying to just do all types of crazy stuff and then the customer was not liking it. They, they didn't want to see me out there. So I really had to prove myself to say, hey, I belong here. And so I think that was the shift of that culture for that area. So they were used to what they were used to. And with me coming in, kind of put a, a damper on what they were used to. And so I had to really make like significant amount of changes in order for them to realize to say, okay, she belongs here. And so uh, months later, of course, uh, you know, we started changing the culture of it. We started changing the scenes and they were asking, hey, where is she? If I wasn't there, you know, hey, where is she? And so that right there was kind of one of those, those things that you kind of celebrate and kind of you look at it as an achievement because you change that culture of what it used to be to what it is now. An article from a women's nation pushes back from the Brink states, women workers, single mothers, and low-income workers are the least likely to have the access to be paid leave or workplace flexibility offered through their employers. Today's women and caregivers are more genuinely face serious conflicts between work and family because they do not have the institutional supports of per predictable schedules, paid sick days, family and medical leaves, insurance, and workplace flexibility. Women are more likely than men to take time off to care for a child for the sick and aging, though this is slowly changing with so many families depending on women's breadwinners. Our nation cannot afford to allow women jobs to be the most poorly paid. Yet these women not only pay less, than other jobs, they are among those least likely to provide benefits such as paid sick days or paid family leaves. If we truly care about women's economic security, then ensuring that every job creates the potential for an employer to be both a breadwinner and <coughs> caretaker when necessary should be more number one goal, should be our number one goal. How might motherhood feel as a woman who works in a world where men have been glorified in choosing work and not sacrificing for the sake of the kids or marriage? Women are often shamed to do the same. Do you at times feel that you are at a crossroads between being a parent and a corporate worker? If so, what is it like? In those moments, do you feel any other women can relate to these analogies? <coughs> Well, speaking of family and children, I have one of my children here with me, and her name is Layla. Layla. Um, so I, I guess we should start by asking her um, how does she feel about mommy working. So how do you feel about mommy working? Excited. You excited? <laughs> Why are you excited? Because we can get 
money? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So there it is. Um, so I I really just think that it is it's very tough um, balancing all. So with being a mom and being a working woman really puts a somewhat of a, a pressure. I wouldn't say somewhat. I would say puts pressure on a person. Um, because you have to find time to be great in the world where um, you have to try to over exceed because of the manpower and you want to make sure that you can do it, which means that you're trying to fill the shoe of the man. And then on here, being that nurturing mom. So at work, I'm dominant, but at home, I'm nurturing. So when it comes to playing two different parts, sometimes you don't know when to turn it off and on. And then sometimes it kind of crosses over with each other. So you might have a bad day at work and then it, it pours into the house. So I have tried to manage myself um, as I've been the years goes by. I've been trying to manage myself to where once I get to my doorstep or once I hit the garage, work is turned off. So it is time for my children. It's time for my family. So those, those type of mindsets um, will really get you and to the point where you find some kind of balance but i also think it's hard because the jobs sometimes we do have those type of jobs don't allow us to have enough time for our family so not only are we working um, the type of job we're working and we're trying to be the best that we can be so we have that am i am i a, a there enough for my child so you start to question yourself and then that causes other things at home and just kind of run through your head am i a bad mom um you know so luckily for me um as you can see <laughs> my babies are pretty excited so i work for a great brand and that brand itself it <laughs> they they love it so kids love it so it's less a little less stressful for me than another average woman doing the same thing well i wouldn't say average because we're phenomenal so another phenomenal woman doing the same thing. Do you feel any regrets at times that might have, that you may have wanted to shift your career from the corporate sector? Do any of the struggles of being a woman in the industry allow you to second guess the decision to stay in the field and fight for the rights of women workers? We have seen many times women be discarded and challenged in the workplace. What makes you not want to give in to the societal norms of what women look like in the workplace and how to maintain their job? Um, I think for me, my encouragement or push or motivation is my two girls. Um, I have two girls. You, you've heard Layla. You've met Layla. She's here with us now. And then I have another one, Mia. So for me, I have to be that person that they look at and say, oh, my mommy can do it. I can too. So with, with that, that, they see Superwoman. So when they see Superwoman, it gives me the motivation to keep pushing. So for, and then also not just for my girls, but for the, the next young lady that sees me or come, I come in contact with. So for that, that right there kind of pushes me to keep going, even on a, when I have those days to say, hey, I can, I can go do this and I don't have to fight as hard. Um, I can go do that and I won't have to fight as hard. But just knowing that I have two little ones and just knowing that I encounter dozens of women, because, because let's not put an age limit on it, there's some women that still need to see other women fighting. And, and just, just in, 
that right there just encouraged me to keep going. So it's the corporate world can be tough, um, especially for a woman, but you have to keep going to show others, hey, if I made it through, you can too. An article from Nancy McLean, Freedom is Not Enough, the opening of American workplace states, the promise of an end of sex discrimination on the job transformed American feminism as it healed a long-standing and bitter split. After winning the right to vote in 1920, politically active women were divided over how to seek the full citizenship they still lacked. While some concentrated on winning an equal rights admitment to the Constitution, others sought practical measures that would relieve the strain of others sought of combining employment with child wearing and homemaking. The question of whether to seek abstract equality in law or sustain equally thorough reform split women by class. Well-educated women who could compete with men for professional and manageable jobs met domestic obligations. By hiring others, found the formal inequality of ERA active. While working class women found its fairness not simply hollow, but actually threatening to hard one legislation protecting women through measures such as limits on work hours as long as employment discrimination was illegal. The conflict over sameness varies. Difference seen inseparable, while some women lost opportunities by stressing women differences from men. Others lost security by stressing their similarities. Segments are, so that was pretty much it on that last one. Um, segments into this next category goes into how cultured you are. So we understand the background behind who you are as a person and who you are as a woman and within the work industry. This is to challenge how cultured you are. So we're gonna ask you a couple of questions, trivia questions, and see how cultured you are. Okay. Which NBA player won the most regular season MVP awards in 2010? A, James Harden, B, LeBron James, C, Kevin Durant, and or D, Steph Curry? Um, I wanna say, okay, ask that question again. Which NBA player won the most regular season MVP player in 2010? A, James Harden, B, LeBron James, C, Kevin Durant, or D, Steph Curry? I want to say LeBron James. Correct. What pop store taught you how to spell bananas? A, Britney Spears, B, Gwen Stefani, C, Christina Aguilera, or D, Avril Lavigne? Um, it is definitely B. Correct. Correct. Which movie... Does Miranda works for The Devil Wears Prada? A. Runway, B. Vogue, or C. L. Uh, no clue, just guessing. Uh, is it A? Yeah. It is. Oh wow, <laughs> good guess. <laughs> what hurricanes hit in New York in New Orleans in two thousand and five? Katrina. Yep. 
What country act topped the charts with a 2013 remix featuring Nelly? A. Luke Bryan, B. Blake Shelton, C. Dolly Parton, or D. Florida Georgia Line? Um, Georgia Line. Correct. This has been an amazing opportunity speaking with you on women within the work industry. Um, yeah. One last question I will use to finish this up is, how would you say you are misunderstood or misdescribed you in the workplace? Uh, well, I, I want to know what prize do I get for asking all those <laughs> trivial questions correctly. <laughs> so, um, to sum it up, I'm misunderstood. I, I, don't, I don't know if I would say misunderstood. I would say I think people, when they see me in the workforce, they think that I'm that way outside. So I think that biggest thing for me is that my personality. So what they see inside of work, they think that's who I really am. So that, that toughness, that, that type of person. And so outside, I'm like this big old lovable kind of person. So I think the biggest thing is just knowing that this is who they envision me as. And I'm really not that person. So it's almost like I had two different characters. But um, I think for most women, if I'm speaking for most now, I think that the, the thing they're misunderstood with is just trying to, they're not trying to fit in, they're doing their job. So I think that the misunderstanding of they're all they're trying to fit in or they're trying to do, no, they're, they're doing what they can do and they're doing what they're best at. So um, I just want to thank you for having me on. I enjoyed this segment. I enjoyed um, all the questions. And I'll be waiting on my prize for my trivia <laughs> questions. <laughs> <laughs> this has been an amazing opportunity to speak with Ms. Hankins. I'll see you all next time. Thank you all for being on this misunderstood journey. See you all next time.